Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Colts, where Lawrence Owen and Dequel Jackson brings you everything about the shoe. What's going on, Colts Nation? I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, Dequel Jackson. Dequel, how's, how's your week been, man? Week's been busy. Week's, week has been busy. My little, my little son is getting ready to go to school next week, so all the orientations, the, the NFL season is going to begin, so life is good. It's busy, but life is good. Yeah, yeah, I I feel you. I've been busy too, man. I just got done uh, talking to the guys over on uh, the Believe in Seahawks and okay. with with Lofa Tatupu, and he had nothing but amazing, great things to say about you and and uh, what you brought to to football and to the team and everything of that nature. Uh, yeah. I was just wondering. Um, I mean, we talked beforehand, so I'd know already. Right, Lopez, <laughs> my guy. He, he's my guy. He, he's, he's my guy. And it was funny. We were talking, as you alluded to, we were we were those guys who were undersized coming into the league. So those guys, particularly linebackers, we would play each other throughout the years and, and we see each other casually. But we created this bond. You know, if you play in a fraternity, you play, you know, uh, like two for two for, uh, for instance, we played linebacker and we just we took care of each other, man. I respected his game. He respected mine. And at the time he was at a place in his career that I wanted to be. He was an all pro. He was a Pro Bowl guy. He had played on winning teams and I was stuck in Cleveland, you know, so uh, he always gave me my respect. And it was it, I, I tell you, man, playing for a losing team and having a guy like Lofa you know, endorse you. It meant a lot then, and it means even more so now. But Lofa's my guy. I have nothing but great things to say about him. He played the game the right way. Uh, now he's he's covering the game. So Lofa is one of my favorite people that I met throughout my my 11-year experience in the National Football League, for sure. Awesome, awesome. Speaking of him and the Seahawks, man, we're going to be facing Seattle Sunday, 1 o'clock. Man. Yeah, we have our work cut out. We yeah. have our work cut out. You, you know what's funny? I, what I'm looking for, because Carson Wentz hasn't been, we talk, you know, you know, ad nauseum about him not being available, him not practicing, you know, hit Ryan Kelly and himself. You know, that's a huge, huge impact, you know, not having those guys available. But you look at, I, I'm looking for the defense. I'm looking for the defense because they've been fairly healthy for the most part. And I think with Russell Wilson and what they do offensively, it's a huge task right off the right out the gate. Uh, but I do think that defense has our defense, the Colts defense has to come to play with Russell Wilson being able to scramble, you know, and, and also being kind of uh, penetrable from the O line position. You know, I, I'm really looking for the the Colts defense to really stake their claim to really you know get Carson Wentz and this offense some time to gel and click throughout this first game. 
Yeah, that's a that's a big issue with you talking about defensively, and you alluded to his mobility, Russell Wilson's, and yes. the Colts. Th- there's a reason why Justin Houston and Danico Autry was let go. They tried to get younger and faster on that end on the line, and uh, because you know, l- l- let's face it, jo- the Josh Allen thing that happened on the wild card game, he was able to escape the pocket, extend the play and get first downs by throwing the football. And you know, it's, every is, defense is nightmare. Right? Nightmare. When I played it, when you had to – I had to play a Michael Vick back in the day. You had to play – you know, the game was – you know, the Wildcat you had to face. Now it's not so much so now. But as a defender, as a linebacker, my good, you hate mobile quarterbacks because they break down. They extend the plays. They You have to always kind of keep a guy on a mobile quarterback like Russell Wilson – and it's just it, it, it deviates from your normal game planning of how to play the pro game, and it drives you crazy, and it, it you can't sleep at night. And coaches try to come up with so it, I, I'll tell you a funny story. So basically, when you play mobile quarterbacks, what you know we have a what you call a scout team that provides mm-hmm. offensive looks for the defense. So they'll typically what most organizations will do. You'll go you'll grab an, uh, a receiver, right, and play quarterback. And just specifically focus on dropping back and having the receiver, which is playing quarterback, scramble around. So now you can identify how to we call it plaster receivers in your zone and got making sure defensive line are not giving up, um, keeping contained mm-hmm. and everyone's in a proper rush lane. So it drives you crazy. It's one extra thing you have to work on throughout the week. But, man, you know, Russell Wilson is one of the best to ever do it when he escapes. He doesn't escape just to run. He can all. He always has his uh, eyes down the field, and that's something that the defense definitely has to have a huge emphasis on. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a reason for that because I mean, uh, what the first eight weeks of the 2020 NFL season, Russell Wilson was hands down the MVP at that point. You know, because of that ability, because he had guys like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf to throw downfield. And how difficult is that for? a secondary and a linebacking core when you're in zone to mm-hmm. to be able to lock down guys when you got a scrambling quarterback out there and and your and your 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 front four can't get that pressure and lock him down oh uh, yeah man this it, it drives it drives you crazy because listen let's face it, every receiver is pretty much faster than every linebacker it's a mismatch <laughs> and yeah. when you when you give them the entire field when you have a escaping quarterback now you have to run 10, 15 yards to plaster an open receiver, and he's looking to the run to get open. So it, it, you have to be conditioned for sure. Uh, that's one thing that, you know, first week you have Russell Wilson, whoo, you better bring your horse legs, man, because you, you're, you're in for a dogfight just from the running standpoint. But it is extremely difficult. Uh, things break down. Um, and, you know, whether you're playing zone or man from an inside linebacker standpoint, for any coverage guy standpoint, it's one of the hardest covers because now the route has broken down and guys are free balling. And for a team like Russell Wilson, teams that take advantage of that, they actually practice the scramble drill on their end offensively, where if he scrambles to the right, if you're on the opposite side of his back, uh, Russell Wilson's backside running routes, now you're running in-breaking routes into his vision. So mm-hmm. there's different ways teams schematically try to scheme you up and beat you with the plays off schedule, if you want to 
if you want to call it that. But it's, it's extremely difficult, and it puts a lot of stress on the defense to be able to, to handle that type of pressure for 60, 70 snaps a game. All right, so another question I got. The Colts, we, we've discussed this. They had the number two run defense in the NFL last year. Now, sure. Seattle's offensive line is questionable. Obviously, Brown, who hasn't – I don't think he's taken a snap the entire preseason, is going to be starting for Seattle over there at left tackle. Sure. Uh, I think he was a holdout or something of that nature, uh, something similar mm-hmm. to what you know we heard about Russell and, and other players. Right. If the Colts can lock down the run game, and make them one-dimensional. Does that help? Oh, without a, without a doubt. I, Russell Wilson works best when he has everyone else around him firing on all cylinders. Now, I think Russell Wilson is definitely a top-ten quarterback in this league. He's traditionally, he's always had a run game because they, they master in the play-action pass and his ability to escape the pocket and find guys open down the field. Now you make him one-dimensional. It's the first game of the season. Not everyone is fine on all cylinders, especially offensively. On the offense, it takes you a game or two or three to really figure out what you do best. You know, from a health standpoint, schematically, you can have all the plans in the world to to be this run first, play action pass, attack down the field offense, but things happen. And I think for the most part, anytime you can make a team one-dimensional or one-handed, I like to say, you can stop a team like, the Seattle Seahawks from running the football. Now you put the ball in Russell Wilson's hand. Now where the continuity that this defense has from the Colts standpoint, I think they're going to be the stronghold of the Colts initially until we can see Carson Wentz and some of these other guys start to make plays. You know, you have T.Y. Hilton that's out with a neck injury. So a lot of guys have to take up a lot of slack. But from the defensive standpoint, now you're able to, you know, quitty pay, you know, your, your, you know, Grover, all these guys that you – paid a lot of money to to get after the quarterback. Now you're able to pin your ears back and now third downs or, or, or third and medium long and you can pin your ears back is a football term. We say pin your ears back. Now you get go after the quarterback. Uh, so it always helps. It always helps when you could you can make a team one dimensional. And when you have the guys up front that can get after the pass, you know, Darius Leonard, he's been a proven blitzing linebacker who can also, you know, um, affect the game behind the line of scrimmage. Speaking of getting pressure on him, and you you were talking about, you know, the Quiddy Pay, the Darius Leonard's, the Grover Stewart's, but pressure up the gut for a guy who scrambles from like, let's say, DeForest Buckner, right? There you go. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. scary because when you get a scrambling quarterback and you get pressure up the gut, yeah. that takes more of – that will make the quarterback run backwards more than it would side to side, right? When you are when sure. you get edge pressure, he's going to run away from that edge one side or the other. Mm-hmm. But you got a 6'9 dude running right at you, right up the gut. That makes you go backwards, right. don't it? That, 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 doesn't that seem like more of a an, an effective way of, of getting no, pressure, no getting up it. the gut? No doubt about <laughs> it. You can talk to the top guys in the league playing the quarterback position, no one likes upfront pressure because those quarterbacks, you're on a, a, a drop step. You know, you got a three-step mm-hmm. drop. You got a five-step drop. You have a seven-step drop. Your back foot, you should be throwing the football. So any test disrupted and you're forced to be able to, to we call it moving them off their spot. You know, a lot of guys do well when you move them off the spot. He has a unique ability to be able to throw the ball from his spot, throw the ball off of his spot, so that, in a sense, Russell Wilson is one of the best, you know, 
and and you can add Aaron Rodgers to that mix as well. But you're right. Anytime, and he's not the tallest guy. So if you can get mm-hmm. pressure up the middle, force him to go left or to go right, and now Quiddy Pay and all our guys that we're gonna we're gonna manufacture sacks through. And you, he identified. He he declares where he is right now. So now you can you know uh, on the back end you can plaster on the D line standpoint. Now you can visibly see him as opposed to him being in a comfortable pocket and him throwing from a spot and and, and things of that nature. So yeah, it, it's, it's extremely important to get up the uh, up the middle pressure for sure. Let's flip to the Colts offense a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, we talked about already, you know, Carson Wentz. He's he's uh, mm-hmm. had only a handful of practices. His center, Ryan Kelly, only a handful yeah. of practices. Quentin Nelson, right. you know, another guy, handful of handful of practices. There's questions, believe it or not. I think it was Frank Reich that said that he was asked if uh, where Fisher was, you know, the left tackle. And there's a slim possibility that he could start week one, apparently. So so I I read that as well. That that to (laughs) me is a little tricky when you're coming off an Achilles injury and you haven't been in the live, you know, you haven't seen any live bodies thrown at you. So that to me is... I don't, I don't, I'm not 100% of, uh, in agreement with that one. I, I don't think we're going to see Eric Fisher. Not the first game. I, I, I just don't see it. But uh, not to cut you off, man, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's going to be a huge blow. The, their offense, the Colts offense, T.Y. Hilton has been – he's one of the longest-tenured Colts um, on the roster right now, he and he and Jack Doyle. But uh, this, is, this is what worries me, Lawrence. I'm not worried about the communication and Carson Wentz knowing where to go with the football. What worries me is because he hasn't had the reps to to have the confidence to walk into the first game of the season, knowing that he can make this throw, that throw, and not worry about his foot or anything that's been lingering. That's the only thing that, that gives me a bit of concern. Now, he's a veteran guy. He's going to know where to go with the football. He's going to have... He's going to know how to get the Colts offense out of bad plays and the good play. I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is the physical toll that this game could take on him, that present to him as well. But, uh, you know, you have a good offensive line. You have a, a star. You know, you have running backs out the wazoo. Uh, so at the very least, you take the ball out of his hands right away. You focus on running the football. See how that goes. Slow the football game down. You know, with the more possess- time of possession the Colts offense will have, is another form of defense for that guy named Russell Wilson on the other sideline. So I, I think they're going to methodically slow the pace of the game down to help Carson Wentz and this offense get in the rhythm and with the defense, as expected, to play pretty pretty solid football right away because they, they're a team that you brought back a lot of your starters. You have familiar faces. There's continuity there. So I, I think you have to play that game initially and see how the game kind of unfolds from there. So all through camp, you're just talking about kind of take the ball out of Wentz's hands. And all through camp, Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack, uh, Jonathan Taylor, they've all had amazing training camps. I mean, you yes. you watching Jonathan Taylor. He's running in camp, in practice. He he runs like he runs in games, physical and hard, you know. And he's <laughs> and uh, I don't I don't know how 
uh, defenders feel about that when, you know, a 230 pound <laughs> running back is plowing into them like full steam on practice. But right. um, if you practice that hard and then mm-hmm. you go into the game and you play it like that, is does that help? Uh, like in general, I mean, because oh, yeah. I understand oh, yeah. back, back in the day, they, uh, with, with, uh, certain teams and certain coaches, they don't want to practice that hard, that physical because they're afraid of injuries, you know, but does practicing that hard have a, a, a an upside to it? Oh, no, no doubt. And it has to be game plan. You have to have a plan behind it. And I think the more, I think it's great that a young guy has adopted that method. It only makes you better because when you're used to running a certain style or playing a certain style, your mindset and your muscle memory and your physical memory is going to only going to duplicate that for game day. You know, that's one of the hardest traits that any player can adopt because a lot of players look at the, the calendar and look at 17 games in 18 weeks or whatever the case, and you want to naturally preserve some of that energy. And I think it's a huge benefit for yourself as a player, for the team, because you know what you're going to get. And when you're playing hard, it's only going to help your defenders. It's only going to help the guys around you, your O-linemen, because they know, heck, Taylor's getting the ball. We got to come off this ball, get our double team, move up to the next level because he's running his ass off. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's great. Um, obviously, you know, he's going to be full of – he's going to be energized. He's definitely going to be energized because he hadn't scored a touchdown in over, you know, since last season. You know, so uh, the jitters are going to be there. The motivation is going to be there. And that's the interesting point you bring up because he's going to be he's going to have a load of motivation heading Sunday home game against a quality opponent that will more than likely be in the playoffs and someone that you could potentially see if things work out and you're you're playing in the Super Bowl here. So uh, I I love the fact that he plays the game the way it's supposed to be played. Uh, He's a young guy, so he's got the energy to do it. You know, so towards the later part of your career, I know when I was there with the Colts, they definitely monitored how much you were practicing, how the, you know, the the distance you were running and they try to manage it, which I think is a good thing. And especially so this year, because you got an extra, extra week of football you have to play. Yeah. So the Colts offense has to deal with a couple really, really good players over there on on Seattle. Obviously, the linebacker, Bobby Wagner, who's been playing at an all-pro level for years and years and years, and it doesn't show much of slowing down anytime soon. (laughs) And then then they picked up a guy from the Jets in Jamal Adams, who is maybe the best box safety in the NFL, right? Yes. Yes. uh, as a defense, if you have a a safety like him, how hard does it make it on an offensive line protective scheme, you know, to try to stop someone sure. when you don't know where they're coming from? Sure. He, he's definitely going to be, if he's close to that, that box, they're definitely going to count him in the protection because he's a very above average, I shouldn't say, he's a really great blitzer for, at the safety mm-hmm. position. He plays the game physical. He's he's great in coverage. He brings an attitude and a swagger to your defense. Um, something that Seattle Seahawks were when they bursted onto the scene, you know, defensively. So they're trying to uh, re re-interject that that type of mentality with Jamal Adams. So I definitely think from an O-line standpoint, you got to know, know where Bobby Wagner is. And you definitely have to keep your eyes on Jamal because he's going to be if he's close to that box. And that's something defensively that 
they can look to manipulate when he's mm-hmm. showing up on the 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 uh, O line. They count him into a uh, the protection just to set up you know the O line and uh, uh, fanning to him and allowing the left tackle or someone to be on the island by themselves. But he definitely makes it as a player. I would love to play with a guy. <laughs> that brings more attention to myself than myself. So it just opens it up for everyone else. And I think that, that was intentional. It's going to help Bobby Wagner throughout the year as it did, um, as it will. You know, he's like you mentioned, he's playing at all pro level, doesn't show any signs of dropping off. He's one of those guys. He's been around for quite a bit and he's always found a way to be productive. And now you add Jamal, um, Jamal to that, that equation. And that's something that that's a linebacker's best friend. When you have a safety that's smart, physical he's an extra linebacker but he's a lot faster and, and, and better at coverage so uh the Colts offense have have their work cut out I, I think if any group can handle Jamal and how they use him from a defensive standpoint is this offense because you have veteran guys who have take protect the quarterback and run the football so Jamal has his work cut out as well you know, so uh, I, I like I like our eyes. I like our old lineman when it comes to picking up protection and, and protecting Carson Wentz and running the football. Well, when it comes to protecting Carson Wentz, you, know, you could tack on the running backs when it comes to those safety blitzes, because that's one thing that these this running back stable takes in uh, to a lot. Right? They they take pride in b- being able to to pass block and pick up those blitzes. You see it all the time. I think it kind of rubs off, uh, rubbed off on them when you know the previous years their their coach was Tom Rathman, right? And right. you know they <laughs> they they were like pounded in their head. You have to be able to protect the quarterback, and they do yes. a good job. Even Naheem Naheem Hines is this little dude, and I have watched him stonewall a yes. defensive end before. You know, yeah, and you can tell it's it's a point of emphasis on the offensive side of the ball. Listen, you don't make it in this league as an every down linebacker or every down running back unless you can protect the guy throwing the football. And in most cases, that guy is the golden child of any franchise. And if you mm-hmm. can't protect him, your butt will be out of the league before you can see it coming. You know, so but it's very rare to have a multitude of guys that are willing to do it because let's face it, you got a Bobby Wagner running full speed at after you're all pro guy and you have to make a decision. It, it, will this be a business decision or you're going to take him on and protect the guy throwing the football? So when we turn on the film on Monday, they'll, they'll see how Taylor does it. And anyone, you know, uh, that's in that room, if the head guy is doing it, the lead dog is doing it, then you better do it. Or like I said before, your butter be out of here before you know it. So <laughs> my, I, I'm I'm thinking that this game is going to be a bit high scoring, and believe it or not, um, I, I look at Seattle's defense, and I, other than those two guys, there's not a lot of people on that team that scare me too much. You know, no. um, the, uh, you you talk about the the good old days of of you know the Legion of Boom, and they're trying to bring that back, but you know, in my opinion, their, their, their secondary is not exactly, they, they went out and got brand new guys, right. Uh, In hopes that, that, that that it'll, it'll help out, but we have yet to see them really play. And, you know, their defensive line, 
there's no one on that defensive line that goes, we got to make sure there's somebody double teamed on him every time, you know, because right. Uh, right. I think the the most is like six sacks in a season from, from these guys. Uh, right. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're, you're absolutely right. No one, the entire defense doesn't fear you. They aren't the Legion of boom that we saw so many, many years ago. Listen, I played this game a long time. I know what what we think. No one will have their identity of what they do well the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, you have to look back at okay, who are the which unit has can be most dominant and can protect the other side of the ball as much as they can. And I think you have the game plan according to that, right? Like you mentioned, I feel like from an offensive standpoint for the Colts. We should be able to, if it's a point of emphasis to run the football, we should be able to do it at a high clip. We really should be able to. And you keep Carson Wentz if he plays on Wednesday, if he practices this week and he's a full participant, like Frank Wright has mentioned, we could expect him to be the day one starter opening day. So that helps. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it becomes an easy game. Now you also have to, yeah, you have a guy for Russell. Now he's a game changer talk before we started the show here listen this guy the first eight weeks of the season last year was an mvp he was a front runner for the mvp so he's more than capable of of putting his team on his backs making plays either with his legs with his arms in the pocket out of the pocket so i think if you can bottle him up keep him in the pocket force him and you make him one-dimensional as you mentioned taking a you know, taking away the run game, I think the Colts is a this win will be a great win for their their confidence and a great win for Carson Wentz, a great win for everyone moving forward because this is a qualified, bona fide team that's run by Russell Wilson. And if you can get those type of victories early, man, it it it, it carries you for quite some time throughout the season. So you win the games you're supposed to, and this game here, you know. They're, they're, both these teams are quality teams. So if you can get these wins early, I think it pays huge dividends for down the road and, and seedings and what have you when it comes to playoff time. There's a lot of um, fans and media that will bring up that Indy hasn't won their opening game of a season in years and years and years. And I does know. that actually play – Yes, <laughs> it does. Yeah, I know what you got. It, 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 it does because you hear it from the media nonstop. So you have to, it subconsciously is just supplanted into your psyche. But I'm sure the head coach is aware of it. it you know, anywhere I've been, you kind of have a bead on what the reporters and people outside of the building are going to talk about from within the locker room. So you, you try to manage it that way. But yeah, I remember you know, and other places that I've been where it was the same issue. We hadn't won a game, opening day game in a decade. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like I said, it was just burned in your memory. Now, you still got to go out and play the game, but it's definitely something players think about, especially if it's brought to your attention uh, early on and throughout the work week. And, you know, as a player, you're trying to say all the right things and focus on your job. And then you get hit with, hey, you know, you haven't won and open a day and God knows how many years. And <laughs> now you're thinking about that. And, you know, so it, it's a lot to think about it. And, and as a veteran, you understand how to deal with these type of things. But as a young person, this is how you uh, you have your history lesson throughout the week, throughout the year. 
because be, you know reporters will remind you of the history and remind you of the good and the bad. So um, you know that's part of the game. That's part of being a pro. So let's say it is. You know, it's it, it's in all the guys' mind. Man, we haven't won in X amount of years. Blah blah blah. They go out. They host Seattle one o'clock at four fifteen. They re- they walk out with a victory. How big of an impact is that on on the locker room and the individual basis? Knowing that you hadn't won in a situ in a in an opening day, how big would that be for for the locker room and the individuals? Yeah, momentum is everything. You know, it, it, to start off because when you started back in the off season, you started in March or April, right? Depending on if you had a first year coach or a veteran coach, so you start somewhere in April. You go through mini camp, you go through OTAs, you go through training camp, you go through preseason. That's a long span of work without any hardcore results that have, when it comes down to wins and losses matter. Man, it's a weight off your shoulders for a bit because you put in so much time from the offseason to opening day and you get that win and coaches are feeling good about themselves. You know, uh, everyone's feeling great. And but I tell you, I've been on the other side of things for a very long time when you lose that opening day game. And it's like, this is what I hated about the NFL, man. Coaches, training staff, it was like you had lost the biggest game of your life. And for a week, you have to deal with just people just not being, it was like a mortuary, man. I hated it. I hated it. Mm -hmm. And I was never that guy. If I lost, I'm like, hell, we got next week. If we can make it the next week, let's focus on next week. Forget about last week, but uh, I hated it, man. I hated that feeling of disappointment and letdown, and everyone felt it from the coaches and everyone associated. So uh, to get that first one out the gate, I tell you, that momentum is everything. It really, your body doesn't hurt much. You know, uh, uh, you, you want to do a little bit extra in whatever you did the previous week because early on in the week, early on before the, the first game, you know, players tend to do more studying early on in the season and the veteran guys and the great teams from the midpoint to the end of the season, you know, veteran teams can, can know how to figure it out, how to prepare and, and, and get the bodies ready to go out and play a productive game. So if you get that win early on, those guys, we're a creature of habits. You know, I'm a former player, but current players, you're creatures of habits and whatever you did that week to win you that game, you're going to duplicate that until things change. So, um, there's so much there. There's really so much there. Well, you're talking about duplicating um, from one week to another if you win, but week one is a, is a different animal, is it not? I mean, coaches, they've got, you know, two, three, four weeks of preparation for that week one game. You know, if, right. I'm sure they don't do a, a, a too much extensive study until they get a little closer, you know, probably two weeks in. But uh, – Player-wise, um, do, do do veteran guys do that as well? Do they look ahead to that week one, weeks ahead of time, and and kind of prepare themselves for that game? Coaches can do that, but players, it's really hard to do that uh, because, I mean, you can – I mean, from a player standpoint, you can prep mentally. You can prep your body to be ready, but because you have some parts of the preseason games, there's just – there's you you implement your scheme and when the regular season comes around that scheme you throw it out as long as you understand the, the basic fundamentals of your scheme because everything changes when the season begins and that's the biggest hurdle any young guy 
has to adapt to the pro game. If give you an example of uh, we had a call called nail to Tracy, rush nail to Tracy. That's a defensive call that we ran to exhaustion in training camp. And the minute the regular season comes around, it was still called rush nail to Tracy, but the blitz pattern completely changed. So you have to be able to adapt at any moment based on who you're playing. And so um, I know I didn't answer your question directly, but uh, I think, you know, coaches have a, you don't really, this year is different. You had two weeks to prepare. So it's almost like it's like coming off of, of a bye week. And it, this is new territory for even the, the veteran of coaches to figure out, OK, how can I keep my team engaged, healthy and ready to open uh, the season at home and playing at a high level? So the first order of business is getting all your guys back and making sure all your guys are there, committed and um, and doing whatever they can to, to as, you, as we talked about, get that first win because momentum is everything. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, from, I mean, their new motto is what one and oh, I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. it. And, and that's yeah. in my opinion, a great mentality go one and oh every week and then the wins will build up. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a skill you have to develop. Um, I, I, I took a lot of flat Lawrence years ago when in Cleveland, because I made a comment after the 10th loss was like, you know what we have next week. That's all I can look forward to because we had lost a ton of games in a row and I took a lot of heat for it. You know, one beat for the, you know, you know, I was a leader on the team and like, well, if our leaders not pissed off about losing, then what is saying about this team and the way it's been led and blah, 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 blah. And it's a, it's a tool that you have to develop. Uh, even when you're playing bad shit is going to happen. You're not going to, if you play long enough in this league, you're not going to win every play. You're not going to win every snap. You know what? That guy gets paid just like you do. And mm-hmm. sometimes he's going to get the better of the match. And what you have to do in order to have a career and play in this league is win more than you lose. <laughs> as simple as that. And have a one and oh mentality. Let's go one and oh, let's go one and oh. And then when you look back, you've done the things necessary to either win your your conference and position yourself to make a run at the Super Bowl. We got a lot of uh, new faces at pass rush. Uh, obviously, uh, guys that will be starting like – um, we, we discussed this earlier, but, you know, obviously the rookie Quiddy pay who has been working yeah. so hard this off season, just learning counter moves and things of that nature, right. because, you know, didn't really need it in college over there. at right. Michigan. Right. <laughs> right. He was just faster right. than everybody else, you know? Right. And I'm, uh, and I'm looking at him. He, he's definitely one of the guys I'm keeping an eye on because he, he played late in some preseason games, not like, but he didn't play against, the competition he's going to face week in and week out. So he's definitely a guy I'm looking, I'm looking forward to watching and seeing if he can win his individual matchup matchups, because this, this game is real. is it's a different speed when you get to the regular season, you know, you, you, you have guys who are, who are used to, who have multiple children and families and have vacation homes and they're going to do whatever they can to protect that, those assets and keep that white wife happy so now you're going against playing you're, you're going from playing against young children to grown men who are pros so i'm interested to see how he matches up against all of that well would would the, some of the veteran guys like a deforest buckner or a darius leonard or someone like that be able to help these young guys uh prepare for 
their first season game in in some way mentally or something? Yeah, yeah, but they don't really. In my experience, Lawrence, young guys, it usually takes about eight or nine weeks for them to really understand what the veterans are doing. Excuse me. There was a moment where for a guy like myself and other veterans, you have a routine. You have a routine before practice, the start today, the start your day, and after your day is over. And you tell young guys all the time, Lawrence, like, hey, you need to contrast before the, you know, before practice. That's hot and cold. Going from the hot tub, cold tub, to you know, get that lactic acid and 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 that soreness out. You tell them, you tell them, you tell them, and then about week eight to week ten, hey, they call me DQ. Hey, DQ, man, what you know, my legs are heavy, blah blah blah. How are you able to move around this that? So it takes some time uh, for guys to really buy in to understand physical toll that this game takes on you as well as the mental side of it, because you need to be sharp Lawrence, you know, as a signal caller every Wednesday, I had to make sure I got enough sleep. So I was sharp at six 30, you know, eight 30 in the morning because you only have 45 minutes and you're implementing new schemes and, and, and terminology is changing. And the way we've run a certain coverage or pressure now we're completely changing it and, different guys are blitzing and you have to be on par mentally every week. And it, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult for a lot of young guys who don't invest that time early on, as opposed to being bombarded with all these new things coming from veterans and coaches of how to prepare week in and week out for a season. And that was something that I loved, Lawrence. I love that. That's what separated separates a lot of um younger players and veteran guys because we know the mental grind it takes and we get our sleep <laughs> we're we're mentally sharp and we don't screw up man no mental errors and, and that's something that obviously you develop over time but he's seen kawiti pay i know we're talking about him he seems like a, a bright enough guy and he has a, a great mentorship in his in his room and and darius leonard is one of one of those guys and um i'm sure he has the the right people around him to help him out with those type of things one of the other defensive ends for the Indianapolis Colts, who is going into his third season now, and his first two seasons was not productive. He was even healthy scratches, you know, Ben Banigou, uh yes. was, was healthy scratches last year for the majority of the season. And but the, the thing is, is this past offseason, he has shown so much more than what he has uh, in previous off seasons and preseasons. And, Someone asked yes. Eberflus about that in uh, his presser earlier, and he said mm-hmm. that, you know, Ben Banigou came in to practice, to training camp with a completely different attitude and a completely different way of looking at things. And he was all on the, I can do this, I can win this, I can get better, a positive, a positive yes. thing. And yeah. you were talking, it takes time. Does It, it takes take- time. It it, it, t- it it can take a couple years, uh, apparently, also. Yeah, I mean, some some guys figure it out later than others, and I'm sure he had a really – I'm sure if you talk to him and you ask him about his offseason routine, I guarantee it was probably different than any other year um, that he's approached the game. And it, it's bled over to training camp. It's bled over to now he's kind of finding his lane of, of, of where he – uh, should be on this team. 
And quite frankly, it, it goes to the scouting department and the head coach and e Matt Eberflus of having the time to develop this young man. And a lot of teams, you don't get a, a rewarded that type of time. You don't have time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, for some players, I have seen, I've been around players who played eight-man football. And I don't know what the hell you play eight-man football, but they had never played at the pro game. And a good buddy of mine named Craig Robertson, he's been in the league for 10 years now. And it took him a few years to really develop and understand what's being asked of him. And so uh, for some guys, it, it takes a little bit, but those are the guys that you root for. Those are the guys that 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 go on to have a, a heck of a career once they figure it out. That's awesome. That's Oh, well, I'm, I'm excited to see Ben. Uh, he showed a lot of, of promise this preseason. A lot of uh, – he was able to get in the backfields a lot, get pressures. Now he missed some – some sacks, some uh, few sacks where he he would forgot how to wrap up. I assume uh, <laughs> because he had quarterbacks dead to rights in the backfield and somehow got away from him. So so, Lord, does he? What number does Bandit? Uh, my mind is slipping me right now. Does he? Fifty two. Fifty two. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, he wears fifty two. <laughs> and you know what game sticks out to me? And it's funny you brought it up. It was uh, what preseason game. He had the quarterback wrapped up. Mm -hmm. It was a busted play, and it was just like, you cannot make a team. This is when you make a team, when you make plays when they matter. Make the play. I had a coach tell me, Lawrence, you don't have to be Superman, but make the plays that you're supposed to make, and things will work out. He pretty much unblocked. Uh, he had him wrapped up and somehow let him go. Somehow he missed the tackle, and – Fortunate for him, he's had more better days than bad. And so, uh, yeah, so it, it happens. You just don't make, want to make a habit of that because uh, you're definitely wearing that 52 number. I checked that out. Uh, yeah, you, you have to, he has to do better, and uh, hopefully he will, and he'll get coached up. <laughs> Maybe you know, you it, give it, him a call and be like, "You got to represent fifty-two. Come on, man!" Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is that. Is, you know, it's funny. I I do that from time to time. You know, even at Maryland, where my alma mater, I look at who's wearing my number, who's wearing it. You know, it better be a stud. And uh, <laughs> when I saw that play, I, I remember my hands went up when Ben, you know, missed the tackle. I'm like, "You got to be kidding me!" You know, but uh, it happens. It happens. I missed a lot a lot of tackles in my day, but. Uh, like I said, you don't want to make a habit of that because, you know, you're, you're paid to to tackle people. And if you can't do that at a high clip, you know, it, it, it becomes a difficult task moving forward. <laughs> yep. Well, at least he's got a positive attitude coming into it and he's, he's getting, yeah. you know, in, inside in the backfield, uh, which is his job. He's just got to make the plays. Getting pressure is one thing. Uh, finishing right. is another, you know, and yeah. I, I understand. You, you, yeah, missed opportunities are big plays. You know, those are those are you make the plays that you're supposed to make by doing your job, and you don't want to miss out on an opportunity to make a big play when it's afforded to you. When the ball hits your hand and you have a chance to make an interception or you have a chance to make an impactful play, you know, a four yard loss, a ten yard loss, or a sack, or a TFL, or you know, all those things, you know, from a front office standpoint, they're tallying up. Like, okay, you know, because when it comes time for payday, they remember all those things and they remember the impactful plays that any player makes on either side of the ball. Well, we're getting close to coming to the end of the podcast, but uh, real quick. So apparently Seattle's favored 
coming into Indianapolis mm. by like two. Um, mm. That's okay. that's interesting. Uh, I, I get it. I understand. You know, there's a lot of question marks with the Indianapolis Colts right now. Sure, sure. Uh, and and Vegas got to run the odds on that. But sure. Let's let's come down to predictions. All right. Uh, now I already gave my mm-hmm. prediction uh, over on the other uh, podcast. With you can go okay. check that out on on believing. Yeah, let them uh, go check it out. But but my <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> my I said it was going to be high scoring. I say over. I think we're. I think the Colts are going to have trouble. You talked about trying to you know corral Russell, but saying it and doing it can be two different things. <laughs> oh, um. And and then you got DK and Tyler Lockett out there. It's just a scary combination right. for for a zone defense, uh, zone heavy defense uh, that right. that the Colts run. Uh, I, I got the Colts winning though, thirty one to twenty eight. That's that okay? Okay, I, I, I like I like that. That's that's a that's a fair assessment for first game. I definitely agree with you. That's going to be points scored. This this won't be a seventeen to seven type game. I don't think I don't think that would be the case. I do, however, think. Both teams, you say 31-28, I'll, I'll go a, a touch higher. I'll say 35-31. I think it's going to be a close game. I think they're going to score some points. However, I think Colts defense will come up with a timely stop um, to corral Russell Wilson and what he does best. And I, I think overall that front, our front seven on defense will be able to be too much firepower for the first game of the season and Russell Wilson and that offensive line. I think he's going to, we're going to be able to get after him and, and, um, you know, generate some pressure and some sacks. What did I say? 35, 35, 31. Yep. Yeah. 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 I I think that's, and obviously with the Colts winning at home, I have to give them that. And this is the opportunity for Darius Leonard to back up his 40 turnover prediction for this season, uh, <laughs> right. I, I that do, would be great. That that that's something I I feel like whoever wins the turnover battle is the one that's going to get that 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 edge and get that extra points to win. And I, I think that that this I'm leaning towards Darius and what he's saying here. So don't let mm-hmm. me down, Mister Leonard. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, he he is a guy. He's a ball hawk and. And I, you know, you have to speak things into existence. And uh, forty is a tall number, but hey, let, let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's see if we can. Uh, the coast defense can can win the game because that would be so. That that is always a, a great moment when you can win the game with turnovers, and a team knows you're you're just a ball hawk on the other side of the ball. So, uh, kudos to the the coast defense. We're we're keeping our fingers crossed. 40, 40 turnovers. I figured you got to start off with a multiple game turnover, you know, the first game of the season to be able to keep up with a total like that. So we'll see. We'll see. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I think that'll do it for this episode of Believe in Colts with Lawrence and DeQuell. DeQuell, give a let people know where they might be able to find you and a little about your uh your personal podcast, your other podcast you got going on as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that uh, that segue there. Yeah, so you can ch- check me out on my very own podcast. You can follow the Instagram page. It's called Athletes Unplugged. On on Twitter, it's called Athletes Unplugged. So uh, I basically, I push out an episode once a week. I'm interviewing guys from former players, current players, some front office people. Uh, we're basically, I basically created a platform 
where we can talk about anything under the sun. Obviously, football is definitely a hot topic, but the guests I've had on so far, they've had some interest, very interesting stories. My buddy Madhu Williams, I've had London Fletcher on soon. He'll be he'll be out soon. But uh, really interesting stories between from player to player, and we talk about our different experiences and and, and life's um, fortunes and not so good fortunes. Uh, I think you'll have a good time paying attention to it and, and listening and watching and all that good stuff. So athletes unplug, go check us out, go subscribe. It's it's really good, uh, really good content. So I appreciate that, Lawrence. Hey, not a problem, man. Uh, we got to help each other out, right? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> um, make sure if you're watching this on YouTube to hit the like button and subscribe and share this. And if you're listening to this on a podcast somewhere go check out youtube and if you like i said if you're watching on youtube go check out the podcast download it make sure you get all the episodes because we are going to be bringing out every week stuff for each game so yes. make sure make sure you hit the like subscribe and download and until next time i'm lawrence owen that's dequel jackson and as usual have a good one believe in colts for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.